Hello, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the July 6th episode of the podcast, Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll look at numbers 1461 through 1467 of the Catechism. 8. The Minister of the Sacrament, 1461. Since Christ entrusted to his apostles the ministry of reconciliation, bishops who are their successors, and priests, the bishop's collaborators, continue to exercise this ministry. Indeed, bishops and priests, by virtue of the sacrament of holy orders, have the power to forgive all sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 1462. Forgiveness of sins brings reconciliation with God, but also with the Church. Since ancient times, the bishop, visible head of a particular church, has thus rightfully been considered to be the one who principally has the power and ministry of reconciliation. He is the moderator of the penitential discipline. Priests, his collaborators, exercise it to the extent that they have received the commission either from the bishop or religious superior or the pope according to the law of the church. 1463. Certain particularly grave sins incur excommunication, the most severe ecclesiastical penalty, which impedes the reception of the sacraments and the exercise of certain ecclesial acts, and for which absolution consequently cannot be granted according to canon law, except by the Pope, the bishop of the place, or priests authorised by him, in danger of death. Any priest, even if deprived of faculties for hearing confessions, can absolve from every sin and excommunication. 1464. Priests must encourage the faithful to come to the sacrament of penance and make themselves available to celebrate the sacrament each time Christians reasonably ask for it. 1465. When he celebrates the sacrament of penance, the priest is fulfilling the ministry of the Good Shepherd, who seeks the lost sheep, of the Good Samaritan, who binds up the wounds, of the Father, who awaits the prodigal son, and welcomes him on his return, and of the just and impartial judge, whose judgment is both just and merciful. The priest is the sign and the instrument of God's merciful love for the sinner. 1466. The confessor is not master of God's forgiveness, but its servant. The minister of the sacrament should unite himself to the intention and charity of Christ. He should have a proven knowledge of Christian behaviour, experience of human affairs, respect and sensitivity towards the one who has fallen. He must love the truth, be faithful to the magisterium of the church, and lead the penitent with patience towards healing and full maturity. He must pray and do penance for his penitent, entrusting him to the Lord's mercy. 1467. Given the delicacy and greatness of this ministry, and the respect due to persons, the Church declares that every priest who hears confessions is bound under very severe penalties to keep absolute secrecy regarding the the sins that his penitents have confessed to him. He can make no use of knowledge that confession gives him about penitents' lives. This secret, which admits of no exceptions, is called the sacramental seal because what the penitent has made known to the priest remains sealed by the sacrament. Okay, so this section is dealing with the the confessor, the minister of the sacrament, the one one to whom we we confess, 
the one to whom we come for absolution, we come with our repentance. And uh, again, it's uh, very clear. I suppose it's, in many ways it's more directed towards the priests themselves. Um, but it's important to see that, again, we begin to see the nature of the role of the church. As I was saying uh, before, the church is sometimes neglected in the sacrament. That in the, 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 in the teaching of the church, the church herself plays a great role in the sacrament. And we often think it's between me and God or me and the priest and God. And we don't quite see the church involved there. But this is why it's very important that the priest you go to confession to have um, permission to do confession, has authority to receive confession, to grant absolution. And he receives this by being in communion with the bishop. And if you have a, a free agent, a priest who is a free agent, uh, really he can't receive, uh, he can't hear confessions. This was one of the big things with the Society of uh, the Lefevrians, the Society of St. Pius X, that for many years they couldn't receive, they couldn't hear confessions. But uh, recently Pope Francis gave them a, a special permission to receive confession, even though they're not, uh, they're not in full communion with the Church. So you need to have communion with the Church with the Pope and with the Church to, uh, to, 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 to be a priest who's hearing confessions. And it's not, it's not something magical. It's not a magical power that the priest has. Yes, it is a sacramental power, but it needs a union with the Church, with the local Church. And for this, uh, we need this. Again, the Church makes an exception if there's a danger of death. If there's a danger of death, any priest, even if he has been defrocked, even if he has been laicized, even if he doesn't have permission to, receive, to, to hear confessions normally, can uh, validly hear confession and grant absolution. If somebody is on the, you know, if there's a priest who's left the priesthood and gotten married and no longer functions as a priest in any way, shape or form, if he comes across a fatal traffic accident and there's somebody dying on the side of the road, again, the canon law says not that he can, but that he should make himself available to this person to, uh, to, so they can confess their sins. But this is different to the normal case because normally, thank God, when we're, when we're confessing, we're not in danger of death. And that's why we need to be, that's why we need to confess in communion with the church, to a priest who is in communion with the church. And, um, and this, then we do... Um, also, there, the, there's the uh, very few uh, exceptions that uh, lead to excommunication. There are certain reserved sins, but we don't really need to look at them too much. I mean, really, today, um, the only really reserved sin is somebody that attacks the person of the Holy Father. So if you have, if you have given a, a punch or you have kicked Pope Francis or you have attacked his person, then, I'm sorry, you've got to go to Pope Francis for forgiveness. But really, in any other case, especially, for example, the case that people often think of is the case of abortion that the church used to um, uh, reserve to the bishop, but now um, any priest can can absolve from this sin. Any priest can, can absolve. Not that it wouldn't be uh, the, the worst thing in the world if somebody who is really coming back after a long time whilst able to seek out their bishop and, and go to confession to him, that would be even better. But uh, any priest uh, who can absolve your sins can also forgive these, uh, these sins of, uh, that used to be reserved. Um, again, there are very few of them there. There's the desecration of the Eucharist, uh, a few other 
um, very rare things. But again, speak with the priest about it if you've got any doubts, and he should know what to, uh, how to deal with it. And uh, again, the main thing for us is to go to the priest in confidence. And this was the last section I was dealing with, that the priest cannot, under any circumstances, even if it means his own martyrdom, because there have been priests who have been martyred because they didn't want to reveal the sins that were confessed to them. So the priest cannot reveal your sins at all. So really, to, not to be afraid, to come back to the Lord, to approach the Lord in the sacrament, and approaching him in the sacrament to receive the... Um, to receive the, 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 the mercy that he has in store for us. So very well. So tomorrow we'll continue. And tomorrow we'll look at numbers 1468 through 1470. God bless.